Welcome back to the Outcomes Rocket. Saul Marquez is here, and today I have the privilege of hosting Linda Han. She's the CEO at Prealize Health. Linda brings 35 years experience to her role as CEO of Prealize Health with an emphasis in organizational leadership, product development, solutions delivery, and go-to-market strategies across a diverse portfolio of industries. She has additionally provided management consulting services to several emerging enterprises and venture capital firms. Prior to joining Prealize, Linda led the Clinical Trial Optimization Solutions Division at IQVIA, where she was responsible for creating and delivering a suite of innovative clinical technology products fueled by predictive analytics and machine learning algorithms to drug development organizations worldwide. Linda is a past president and CEO of the San Francisco-based Decision View, the leading provider of clinical trial enrollment optimization solutions. She also ran product development and delivery at a number of leading software companies, including DigitalThink, Hyperion, Arbor Software, and Sybase. She's an outstanding contributor to healthcare. And today we're going to be diving into analytics in healthcare dealing and navigating through the crisis and beyond. And so, Linda, it's such a such a privilege to have you here on the podcast with us. Thanks for joining. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Absolutely. So, you know, the, the work at Prealize is, is, is fascinating, and, and we'll definitely have a chance to, to dive into that further. But before we do, I'd love to hear a little bit more about what inspires your work in healthcare. Sure. So uh, I started my career with a computer science degree and, you know, all of the hope to make a difference in the world and cool technology and, you know, started off in high tech and all of my high tech friends said, don't go into healthcare and don't go into government because they don't adopt your stuff. And so wanting to make a difference in the world, I sort of steered away from both of those kind of industries, but I got involved in Decision View about 16 years ago. So that was the clinical tech um, software. And, you know, for a venture-backed company, got engaged in it and really started to understand the complexity of the problems in healthcare. And that sort of hooked, right? The problem solver in me was like, I need a difference here. And, you know, I've always been really proactive about my health, active, healthy, live an active, healthy life, and really bugs me. Not everybody has access to the right Kyle software was about like getting new treatments to patients sooner, realize mission, you know, of better care sooner and really removing obstacles to health really speaks to me, really, you know, kind of tugs at my heart. And I feel like I can make a huge difference here. I love it. No, that's uh, that's great, Linda. Your motivation, your why is is strong, and uh, you're right. I mean, we 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 do de- people deserve more access. I'd love to hear a little bit more about how you and the company you run are adding value to the healthcare ecosystem. Sure, sure. So, Prealize is enabling organizations to move from reactive to proactive healthcare. So reactive healthcare is kind of the status quo for healthcare right now. And that results in sicker patients, no surprise. It also results in clear, avoidable treatments and worse outcomes. So proactive healthcare, it doesn't really wait, right? It, um, it attempts to preserve and improve health. It requires the ability to peek around the corner to understand the, the shape 
the length, the depth of risk in front of a population all the way down to a member level. And I think that that, you know, in order to be proactive, we have to provide enough insights for a business to take action on it. And so Prealize really enables organizations with actionable insights all the way down to the member level with who will rise in risk, what their what the key drivers of that risk will be. Will it be impactable? Is the member willing to engage? In what channel would they engage? All of the kinds of insights that one needs in order to be able to take effective action. Awesome. And it's about effective action. And, and, and so tell us a little bit about what that looks like, you know, so who's using the platform, Linda, and, and, you know, what are, what are they using it for? You know, is it an employer using it for their, uh, you know, covered employees and, and give us some examples of how you guys are different in, in, in what they, what they're doing in this respect. Sure. So I'll step back and say, you know, are the organizations that we're selling to maybe payers, providers, employers, right? Anyone who's taking risk and bearing Mm -hmm. risk and I want to understand what that risk looks like. And so, you know, using our advanced healthcare analytics, being able to see what that future looks like, what's changing about that future. Is it rising? Is it regressing to the mean? What, you know, are there chronic conditions more than others? Um, and really kind of understanding it, as I said before, the shape of that. Our solution is a machine learning engine that we've invested many years and millions of dollars in that has millions of clinically informed machine learning features that have learned across 21 million lives and growing. So all of our customers' data have helped us inform that machine learning engine. But what we use, when we, when we train it, we train it on a customer's specific, very specific data set. So that we can take into account the specifics of their population, what line of business, the geographic and regional differences of that population, right? You know, I talked about engagement and that personalized level of engagement is informed by comprehensive determinants of health. So not just, you know, socioeconomic differences, but channels of communication that are preferred, understanding of, you know, geographic sort of differences, things that may uh, create constraints or obstacles to a member's health. So these are really innovative solutions that allow a business to differentiate. Maybe bring this to their employers and say, look, we're going to have a different conversation with you. We're not going to be talking about what happened in the past and what you've already paid for. But in fact, we're going to take a forward-looking view and really discuss with you what next year's risk looks like and what kind of programs you should put in place for your employees, how you should engage those employees. So differentiating in the market is really important for our payers. The other thing is it's creating a whole different experience at the member level. So imagine care management moving to a proactive stance, right? Today, Mm -hmm. pick up the phone and try to get you out of the hospital. I'm basically moving down a task list for discharge versus I'm calling you up and I'm asking you about your health, right? People have been very cynical about whether or not somebody will change their behavior. Well, they're not going to change their behavior when they're sitting in a hospital bed. They're just right. not. We're not talking right. about that. But when my health is 
salient enough to me and I'm not currently in trouble, I might want to do something about it. And that's what we're finding is it's a very different level of engagement with a health plan. Your health plan's calling you to talk about, you know, how's your health today? And when does that happen? Medication, go figure, right? Right, right. It's really creating, I think, a, a big differentiation for, you know, for their businesses. And I think that, you know, in the end, it results in, you know, healthier patients, you know, more cost-effective solution, more effective spend. Let's call it that, right? Like they're investing in programs and we're able to target the right members at the right time to the most effective channel and programs for those members. You know, if you want to talk about like how that differentiates in the market, there's a lot of solutions out there that are either homegrown, you know, or are sort of management approach with chronic conditions and, you know, ER utilization. They might be built on national or aggregated data sets. So not specific to the, you know, the the population that is is, as in concern right now. Um, And then I think we really differentiate in terms of the, the depth and the value of the actionable insights that we provide. The what are the key drivers of that risk? Will they engage? Is it clinically impactable? What can you do about it? Yeah, Linda, this is this is great. And you know, you typically think about a a you know your 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 insurance company that they're not reaching out to you, and you're not reaching out to them unless you need them, right? And and right. and you know, to to have the those touch points to to help manage health and 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 promote health in such a way that will reduce risk is, is, is hugely valuable. And then you, you mentioned the, the, uh, the importance of rather than having something be rules-based, have it be more contextually meaningful to the geography, to the population. And, and those are some really great fine points that I, I don't know if you could quantify what type of impact we're talking about here. Like, you know, rules-based versus what you guys are doing, you're going to get, you know, 10% more insight. Like, is there anything you could comment to there? Yeah, so there's a few things that I'd like to call out. Um, you know, machine learning is is tricky and it's hard. People are used to having rules so they can explain, you know, it's, the, it's six chronic yep. Conditions plus an ER visit, right? Like it's sort of math and, and you can explain why it showed up on a list. The problem is right. the list is 250,000. How do you discern between those? How do you prioritize your resources? So, you know, to really, the, the machine can pick up patterns, especially when trained across a large population that you and I cannot see. And so right. what is we're predicting events six to 12 months in advance of any of those rules-based systems, right? So the machine is picking up on trends and and giving a timeline so you can actually know how long you have to actually impact that. Um, uh, I can speak about a few things. We talked about the member engagement. So one of our customers who's gone all in on proactive care management has increased their NPS scores by 20 points. Like that's amazing for a health plan, right? That's huge. Um, Boosting effectiveness of a program. We had a customer who did a campaign and we, through this engagement model that we have, boosted that engagement by 20%. Um, We have another 
customer who's reading and using this with their ASOs. So they've increased their revenues and upsold a number of programs to seven of their large employers, right? Mm. And we have tons of member stories. Like we love this little wall of fame that we call it. The guy who we predicted was going to have a spine surgery like six to eight months out. And so the customer basically decided to pre-direct him to a, a high-value center of excellence. And it was cheaper, like twenty dollars to $30,000 cheaper to pack up the family and the, the person, take them to a, a out-of-state and do the spine surgery there. Better outcomes, cheaper, more cost-effective, patients doing fine, right? Another member where uh, she was struggling to manage her diabetes and she had been put on some kind of education program. Um, the machine lights up Ivor's diabetes, but also some behavioral health stuff. And so the, the care manager reaches out. In fact, the program that she was in, supposed to be engaging with was all in English and she speaks Spanish. So it's a simple fix, right? But until sure. you're talking to the person, you don't know this, right? All right. you see sort of stats. Another woman who had... Um, you know, chronic pain, uh, you know, over uh, obesity, um, a lot of uh, joint issues, had just had a surgery, um, was smoking, you know, basically was connected to proactive care management. They got her on a smoking cessation program, alternative medicine, uh, pain medicines, um, basically brought what her predicted bloom, her cost bloom down from 88,000 to like 8,400. I mean, mm. 90 decrease in cost from what it was supposed to be. So, you know, some significant metrics there. But I think, you know, if we, if we look at sort of the current crisis and, th- and things we can do with COVID, we know the pandemic sort of response has shut out a lot of people from the care, that the access to care that they need. And so our machine learning can predict those people that are not getting access to care right now, but that are going to need it most and most urgently as we come through this. And I think preparing for that surge is a value that we bring to our customers because we can give them those insights into who in their population should they be proactively reaching out to. Other thing that I think is a little bit sneaky is that in this ecosystem of payer provider, providers are getting hammered right now, right? Like a lot of their revenue generating activities are not happening. Could the payer and the provider work together to dance back into and encourage into the system those services that we know should be prioritized? We can't have everybody rush back. We're going to have protocol. Right? Can't everybody just fill up the, the hospitals and, and surgical centers? So. I think really looking at some of the, you know, the conditions for which unseen suffering is happening right now without access mm-hmm. to care. So that's, you know, diabetes, right? And they're not, you know, able to have access to manage their, you know, the conditions of their um, disease, which leads to, you know, additional, uh, you know, complexities, right? Kidney failure right. and heart disease, et cetera. Um, mental health, you know, is expected to even... Um, boom through the coronavirus, but with social isolation, unemployment, you know, there's going to be a number of needs there, Uh, acute and chronic condition management, access to medications, which is further exacerbated by unemployment and maybe not having the money for those medications. 
Unemployment's going to make it challenging for people to get access to care. So I think really helping, you know, using these proactive insights to see who's most at risk that we should be really proactively thinking about bringing back into the healthcare system. I did look up, I got a couple of, um, of examples of this where we've worked with our customers to identify. So thought I would bring those to light sure. a little bit. Identifying yeah, like we'd a, love to hear them. Identifying a 60-year-old male um, with like a very high probability of um, becoming new high cost. And that cost was projected to be more than 30000 in the next year. And so the drivers were around his depression, some metabolic concerns like diabetes, hypertension, and then coronary artery disease. Um, and so we're able to see what his utilization visits were prior, what his you know, sort of pattern of care was, and where he stopped care, obviously mm-hmm. predicting where that like bloom is going to happen. So will it right. happen in summer? Is it going to happen in the fall? And helping our customer figure out what they should do to prioritize him back into the, the healthcare routine that he, that he needs in order to manage his diseases. There's also like an 80, 80 plus year old woman with a, a mid-level probability of increasing her risk around 20,000 in the next year. And that was really around the drivers of hypertension and coronary artery disease. Um, and so, you know, looking at her patterns as well um, in terms of her quarterly and biannual kind of health regimen that she was on, she's at high risk. Combining that with the comprehensive determinants of health, we can see that she's isolated. She's a senior living alone, doesn't have the assistance and family support that she needs. So even higher risk there that they could support with additional programs. So it's like these insights, that holistic view that I think is really important in being proactive about healthcare and not waiting until she ends up in the ER. No, that's, I mean, these are, these are outstanding examples, Linda. And how are these insights being delivered to say the manager of the program for a particular organization? Is there a dashboard? And then you also mentioned, so that's question number one, right? And then talked about a lot of potential resources such as that, you know, center of excellence for spine surgery. Is that also a component of your offering? So you offer insights, but do you also offer uh, recommendations to to bridge the gap for better care and better better I guess bang for your buck. Yeah, good questions. So, couple things we don't bring that last mile, but what okay. we do understand what a customer or provider has in their sort of bag um, sure. as tools. And so, what we want to do is connect to the right and most effective program. Right. Got so it. You, perhaps makes sense. Perhaps would have a diabetes, you know, solution provider, uh, like Livongo, perhaps, um, have somebody, you know, a behavioral health solution. And so somebody might have multiple chronic conditions, which of those is going to create the predicted rise in risk? You don't want to put them in all the programs. The the member won't know what to do with that, right? So targeting the thing that's most likely to impact their health trajectory right now would be the thing that we would want to optimize. So it's really around insights to optimize the various programs. We're agnostic on purpose. It's helpful to know, you know, how, how you guys do that. And so 
what about setbacks? You know, it, 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 I feel like we learn more about setbacks than, than actually our wins. Tell us about a time where you have had a setback and what you learned from that in order to be able to deliver the value that you guys are delivering today. Yeah, yeah, sure. Thank you. So I think initially, you know, when you're trying to change the world or at least do a paradigm shift, that resistance to change is so strong. Um, mm-hmm. And really, you know, understanding the incentive structure that kind of keeps things stuck as they are yes. is really big you know, sort of blocker in trying to shift this paradigm from reactive to proactive. And, you know, I'm, I'm honestly cautiously optimistic that COVID is a potential catalyst or mm-hmm. force function to have people think about this ecosystem differently. Yes. Um, one of the ways in which I think that will, that will come kind of setback is that with, with COVID, the utilization of the healthcare system has changed. And a lot of uh, tools are based on historical claims data, looking back, um, and they're going to have a huge data gap. There's a massive data shift. So this yes. is a catalyst to use forward-looking, right? Yes. Look on mm-hmm. COVID look beyond this big gap in in historical data because you're not going to have the history coming back to normal anytime soon. So your models are going to have to relearn what normal is. Really, you know, in terms of that resistance to change, that cynicism, you know, we did encounter some cynicism. I think I mentioned earlier, Mm. um, people won't change their behavior. Like no matter if you're proactive, they just don't change. And it's true that, you know, people do struggle to change. But I think that, you know, again, engaging them at the right moment is how we're finding successes, right? And so learning about how to, that timing of the prediction is a really important thing um, in order to change someone's health trajectory. But mostly I'm just, I'm so grateful for just the, the thought leaders that we're engaged with, our founders, our strategic investors, you know, our early customers are really entrepreneurial in this. And they get that the only way to change it is to get in front of it. Totally. Totally. Yeah. And and it's interesting that you mentioned, you know, this COVID as 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 that catalyst to to use a a forward looking approach rather than retrospective, uh, and and I think it is promising too. Um, and I like that you said cautiously optimistic, right? Because you don't you don't want to like say, oh, everything's changing now. If you've been in the business long enough, you know that it's probably not going to happen that fast. Um, but it is inspiring and, and, uh, and exciting to think about that change and the potential that it could have on us. What, what makes you most excited today, Linda? Yeah, well, and to, to that point, actually, I think in terms of that excitement, that, I mean, look what, what this pandemic has done for telehealth. You know, in a big they way. rope yeah. up a hill for the longest time, right? And but also it's more suited to the new generation's kind of social norms and behavior. So it makes sense that it's going to shift in that direction. I'm really excited about the innovations that we're doing, you know, really deepening the kind of insights around the drivers, the reasons for risks, the sort of explainability 
that, you know, chasing that. Um, I'm really excited about how our customers and thought leaders have really embraced and committed to proactive healthcare and kind of stepped out in front to lead in that, in that regard. Um, and, and I think that people are more ready for it, right? I mean, Deloitte did a study, like 58% of consumers are saying that they're ready to take action and be more proactive about their healthcare. So I, I think all signs are pointing north for me. Yeah. <laughs> it is it is truly an exciting time. And I, I, I think I feel like you guys are really well positioned for really delivering huge value. And folks, you're listening to this today, you're thinking, man, this this could be promising. Well, just go beyond your thought that this could be promising and 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 take action. You could uh go to prealizehealth.com to see what they're up to, some of some of their success stories, what they're offering specifically. Um, because today is the day that you can make a difference. And, and, and if you act on what you're listening here with, with, uh, Linda, uh, I think it, it could be pretty promising to you. Uh, Linda, this has been excellent. Uh, I've, I've enjoyed our talk before we conclude though. I'd love if you could just leave us with the closing thought and then the best place where the listeners could, uh, continue the conversation with you or somebody on your team. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I think now is the time for top leaders, strategic thinkers to basically l- grab the brass ring and leverage, you know, proactive healthcare analytics to get to the right people at the right time with the right solutions proactively. And with that, realizehealth.com. I love that email address. <laughs> Be proactive at Health. Dot com yeah. folks make sure you make sure you check that out and uh, we'll leave the entire uh, transcript and uh, show notes inside of the podcast page just go to outcomesrocket.health and look up prealize you'll see everything there and uh, excited for you to, to to engage further with this outstanding group Linda thank you so much for sharing your insights and the wonderful things you guys are up to thank you so much for your time good to good to be here 